we celebrate and commemorate Palm Sunday. Jerusalem at that time was overflowing with capacity because people were coming to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. The Passover was going to be that week. And uh, the law required all males 18 years of age and older to attend Passover in Jerusalem, if at all possible. And so it was filled and there was expectation and excitement because Jesus was coming to Jerusalem and there was a certain excitement because there were those who thought that he would declare his kingdom and that Rome would finally be defeated. And he is outside of Jerusalem and there's a couple of mountains between Jerusalem which also is on a mountain, and, and him. And one of those is Mount of Olives, a mountain that plays a significant part in history and the future. Now, unfortunately, no one ever asked my opinion about things, and I guess that's good because whatever. Uh, but everyone calls what I'm about to read the triumphal entry. I don't necessarily think of it that way. I call it the declaration entry. The reason I don't call it the triumphal entry, because there's going to be a day when Jesus steps on Mount of Olives, when he returns and he actually does establish his kingdom here on the earth. And that will be in triumph. He's coming today to acknowledge that he is a suffering servant. And so he is coming to announce that he is the Messiah and how he announces it is in fact showing that he is the Messiah. So in Matthew chapter 21, starting with verse one, it says, and when they had approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethpage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go into the village opposite you and immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her, untie them and bring them to me. And if anyone says anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them. And immediately he will send them. And this took place to fulfill what was spoken of through the prophet. In the um, Old Testament, the passage that is now about to be fulfilled is found, and Jesus is saying, I am that Messiah. Now, some people think that it's almost like Jesus has a list of boxes he has to check. And that in order to comply with the Old Testament, he's got to do certain things to check the box. I humbly submit to you that he doesn't check any boxes. Well, what do you mean by that? The prophets in the Old Testament foretold what Jesus would do. It wasn't Jesus did what the the prophets said. The prophets foretold what Jesus would do. Jesus was going to do this. And so the prophets ahead of time said, you're going to know the Messiah if this happens. 
So Jesus does what Jesus does. And the prophet said this, you're going to know him when you see these things. So it says, say to the daughters of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the fold of a beast of burden. So you see, I don't call this the triumphal entry because he's not on a white horse as the conquering hero. Now he is going to conquer sin and death. But he's going to do that during this, what we call Passion Week. But he comes humbly and gentle on a donkey. And the disciples went and did just as Jesus instructed them. And they brought the donkey and the colt and they laid their coats on them. And he sat on the colts. Now the other gospels say that when the two disciples went and got it, there was someone who said, well, what are you doing? And they said, well, the master has need of him. And they go, great, fine, go ahead and do it. Um, whether Jesus made plans ahead of time or whatever, we're not told. But when Jesus instructs them and there is the, well, wait a minute, why are you doing this? They pr permit it. So they bring the donkey and the colt and Jesus sits on them. And most of the crowd, notice it's not all. Most of the crowd spread their coats in the road and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them on the road. Now, I think it's kind of funny. They do that almost as if you will, jumping ahead of Holy Day. You see the Holy Day coming up, which everybody's there in Jerusalem is for Passover. But there is a Holy Day coming in the fall called the Feast of Booths. And in that you would cut tree branches and whatever, and you would make like a tent outside and your family would live there. And it was an expectation of God giving the kingdom back. So it's like, well, I know it's Passover, but Jesus is coming. He's restoring the kingdom. And so let's cut branches and do these types of things. And so they're, they're showing their anticipation that Jesus as king will establish the, his kingdom. And the crowd's going ahead of him and those who followed were shouting. And you see, people oftentimes would jump ahead. And, and you can see, if you go to uh, a kind of um, championship parade or whatever, and people want to see those people. And so they'll watch it, and then they'll go down to further and watch it again. And that's kind of what's happening here, is the crowd isn't satisfied with just seeing Jesus once. So they're... They're spreading branches in their coats, and they're following him, and they're shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. So Hosanna is kind of a blessing of saying, we're adoring you, we're, we're praising you, and they're, and they're saying, Jesus, we're acknowledging as the one who's coming in the name of the Lord. And when they had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? And the crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. So Jesus enters the city with great fanfare and exuberance. 
and people are yelling, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He is fulfilling scripture by saying how he comes on a donkey and a colt and he arrives there. I want to come back to this in just a moment, but notice in verse 12, it says, and Jesus entered the temple and drove out all those who were buying and selling in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who were selling doves. Notice something here. Jesus has descended from the Mount of Olives and then up Mount Zion to the temple. Now, unfortunately, we get our emphasis on the triumphal entry, and we get our emphasis that Jesus is coming as Savior and Messiah. But because we talk about the triumphal entry, we miss something, I believe, that's very significant. Jesus goes from the Mount of Olives to the temple. You go, well, why is that significant? If you will turn in your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 11. Starting with verse 21. It says this. But as for those whose hearts will go after their detestable things and abominations, I will bring their conduct down on their heads, declared the Lord. Now, what's happening here in the context is God has said, I've had it with you people. You have been worshiping and things that you do are abomination. I'm tired of it. I'm going to cause judgment to come on Israel and they're going to be put into dysphoria. Verse 22, then the cherubim lifted up their wings with the wheels beside them and the glory of the Lord of uh, the glory of the God of Israel hovered over them. So I want you to see the angels descend and the glory of God hovers over them and these angels wings lift up and the glory and these angels are lifted up off the temple. And the glory of the Lord went up from the midst of the city and stood over the mountain, which is east of the city. The mountain that is east of the city is the Mount of Olives. What Ezekiel is telling us is that the glory of God left the temple and went up to the Mount of Olives and then left. The Son of God just came from the Mount of Olives to the temple. God's restoring his people. And we get all excited about Palm Sunday and the King, which is great. But it also tells us that God is coming back and that he goes from the Mount of Olives to the temple. Now I'm excited 
that the king, the Messiah, came. But this little known that no one really ever discusses is more exciting. Because Jesus, because of his sacrifice, because of his obedience, not only does the glory of the Lord come to the temple, it tells us that we are the temple of God. And that his glory can shine on us. And I think all too often we forget that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we should conduct ourselves appropriately. And so this king comes and the people are shouting Hosanna because their emphasis on the king. But they're not seeing the whole picture. That the glory of God is back to the temple. And he cleans before us. I've had it with your worship. I've had it with your conduct. And now Jesus comes to cleanse the temple and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That happened when the, the Holy Spirit left was about 586 B.C. Close to 500 years. No God, no Holy Spirit in the temple until Jesus returned. Now, there's a, one other thing about this day that we celebrate that very few people discuss. And that's this. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. Before you, as you're doing that, Jesus is the Son of God. When Satan challenged Jesus, when he said, if you are the Son of God, and the if was, if, and we know you are, then do these things. So even Satan knows that Jesus is the Son of God. The scriptures tell us that Jesus is the Son of God. Those things that were prophesied about him beforehand, that he accomplished, confirms it. The scriptures tell us that Jesus lived according to the scriptures. He died and rose again according to the scriptures. God himself, the Father, when Jesus was baptized, declared that he was the Son, and he was well pleased. All of these things testify who Jesus was and is. And finally, the testimony is that he raised from the dead. Testified that he is the Son of God. But if Jesus were not the Son of God, So I'm saying, for argument's sake, let's, let's just say that Jesus isn't the Son of God. But he is, so don't get confused. If he's not the Son of God, I want you to notice something that's said in, in Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 through 26. Seventy weeks have been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish the transgressions, to make an end of sin, to make atonement for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, 
to seal up visions and prophecies, and to anoint the most holy place. So you are to know and discern that from the issuing of decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. It will be built again with plaza and moat, and even in times of distress. Then after 62 weeks, the Messiah will be cut off and have nothing, and the people of the prince who is to come will destroy the city and the sanctuary, and its end will come with a flood. Even to the end, there will be war. Desolations are determined. The prophet Daniel, through his prophecy that was given to him, said the Messiah is going to come at a certain time. And he's going to come and he's going to do these things. And then there's going to be desolation and destruction. When Jesus came, when he appeared from Mount of Olives to the temple, was on, I believe, the very date he was supposed to arrive. Now, Let's say we're off a few years and whatever. And let's say that Jesus isn't the Messiah. Then the scriptures have been wrong that there is no Messiah to come. There is no Savior. We are lost in our sins. Because the word of God said, this is when the Messiah will appear. And if he didn't appear then, it's too late. We can't trust the scriptures. We can't trust the word of God because he didn't do what he said he would do. But he did on the very time and application that he said he would. So again, another confirmation that Jesus, as he entered into Jerusalem, is the Messiah because of all of the other prophecies and the timing on this. Not coincidence. God does things on an exact calendar. Now it must have been great to be there. And to see all those people shouting out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And I bet his disciples were going, well, you know, we were a little nervous about coming to Jerusalem because Jesus kept talking about being killed and, and all these terrible things. And, but the crowd seems to like him, at least for these few days, until they turn around and say, crucify him, crucify him. So it is never good to depend on the crowd. Depend on God. And so here, Jesus enters, and there's great excitement. And let me tell you about one day that's going to be greater excitement when he descends on that Mount of Olives. And those who are dead in Christ will rise. And those who are alive and remain will be caught up and we, will, and we will be with the Lord forever and ever and ever and ever. Hosanna, blessed be the one 
who comes in the name of the Lord. He's coming in this time, what we call the triumphal entry, as a suffering servant, as one who is going to die for our sins. There's going to be a time when he comes and descends from heaven and places himself on the Mount of Olives, and it will split in two, and we will see that. And we will all be shouting more than Hosanna. Some of us might be saying, it's about time, Lord. We've been waiting a very long time. We're tired of the world seeming to win. But God, you reign. He is our king. He is the one that we look to because he is the son of God. And we celebrate this day, not so much because it's historical, but because it tells us of a fact that Jesus, the Messiah, came. And that he did exactly what the scripture said he would do the first time. And when we celebrate communion, when we celebrate the Lord's Supper, we are told to do that, to declare his death until he comes. It's a statement of faith. It's a statement of faith that we acknowledge his death was for us and that he was rose again. And there's an acknowledgement of faith that he's coming back. So yes, Palm Sunday. People get palm branches and do all kinds of things. And we used to do that and they're great. Um, the place we used to get palm branches, you can't get some more and it's too tall for me to risk it anyway. But we can celebrate not with palm branch, but declaring that my Messiah arrived exactly when he said he would, exactly how he said he would, for the purpose exactly why he came, and that there will be a day that he will return and be not just our king will rule and reign over the entire world. And the interesting thing was the disciples, as they were going to Jerusalem, wanted to have authority and power and all these things. During that time, the scriptures say that we rule and reign with. That's why I jokingly say I get a 7-Eleven in Baker's. I'm sure Libby's going to get somewhere on Malibu because he's had to put up with me. So this day is not a day of celebration of the past. Just like Passover is not a celebration of the past. It is a celebration of the current. So we are going to sing Hosanna. Hosanna to the King. Because we are declaring he is blessed, he is to be adored, he is to be worshipped, because he is the suffering king as a servant, and he is God who will reign in all God's people said.